Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Walgreens is being accused of racism for closing some of their stores. That's right. Ariana Presley, the congresswoman, member of the squad, lunatic, says they're racist for closing down, even though the neighborhoods are besieged by crime. And Gavin Newsom tattletales on a worker. In California. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Thanks for being here today on a Thursday. Just a programming note. I'll be turning it over to my buddy Michael Pelka at 6 o'clock. Heading over to Parks Casino for Comedy Night tonight. Hope to see you there. 855-839-1210 is our number. And on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Since I did put the phone number out there, and since a number of people have been waiting through the break, let me go to Mary in Wilmington. Mary, thank you for calling. Yes, um, thank you. I am Mary, and I am I spy with my little eye in Wilmington, Delaware, Biden's home again. Okay, and because um, I, you know, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and I will tell you, I'm going to be on topic, and they're illegal aliens that comes across here, and uh, with the teacher uh, with the critical race theory, you know. They, they're, they are what they are. If you're a man, you're a man. If you're a boy, you're a boy. You know. So, I am. There, my parents came. My last name is Homza from Russia. My dad. I never met my dad. My dad's parents came from Russia. They came the legal way. They got hosed down and all kinds of tests. My mother, grandmother's from Warsaw, Poland. They were an Ellis Island. They did the same thing. So it's legal and illegal. And I call them illegal aliens. So that's my part on the on topic, kind of, sort of. But Biden's home again. That's Biden's home in Delaware again. Yeah. Well, let's hope he stays there. All right. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. You have a great day. And thank you for being our spy on the ground. We appreciate you very much. Yes. Yes. You're welcome. Uh, uh, You bet. Heavy is in Huntington Valley. What's up, Heavy? What's up, Heavy? Yeah, what's up, Rich? You I got. got I, I gotta say, watching. Uh, I I really like Josh Hawley, but that was that, that was absolutely cringeworthy. Seeing him seeing him do that. 
I'm not a uh, Mark Zuckerberg apologist of all, but for somebody who literally doesn't do anything to, I don't know, maybe uh, take the power out of Mitch McConnell's hands or uh, do anything that actually, you know, helps American citizens instead of continuing to sign off on bills for more people to get killed in Ukraine. I, I just, I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous. And for them to act like more government censorship is somehow the answer. Like what drives me nuts is all these people, all they do, every one of their, every one of their answers is just more government involvement. It's never, how about maybe let's make some policy that makes people happy or gives people the ability to make more money. So so they don't have to come to government for help. It it just drives me nuts because it's just it it's just well, like they want they want people like to come forever. to government for help. It's what they want. But you're right. Look, jo- Josh Hawley's grandstanding was uh, was beneath him in my opinion, and he sounded he sounded exactly like a like an idiot. Yeah, it was he just like- yeah. It was bad. Heavy thanks, but I gotta I gotta run. But I appreciate the call. It's just you know. Uh, Again, we have to just be very careful of this reflexive need to say, you know, for the children, we turn to government and the whole thing about, you know, kids dying. I know it's awful. I mean, there's bullying in real life. There's bullying in the cyber life. It's 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 terrible. It's bad. I get it. I understand. I'm not I'm not tone deaf to that fact, but it's just that I. Uh, these people remind me of the Democrats who stand up and scream, you have blood on your hands to the gun industry. You know, they they, they stand up and scream, you know, how many more children, uh, how many more dead kids do we need until we ban assault rifles or, you know, raise the age to buy a firearm to 25 or they they come up with, uh, they they basically then take away the freedom of law-abiding people who haven't done anything wrong. And and it's the same thing with trying to regulate the internet. You, You wind up, People who are going to do something bad, whether it's bully another kid, and I got bullied in school, whether it's bullying another kid, whether it is trying to rip somebody off in a financial scam, the bad guys always find a way around whatever government workaround is in place. And most of the stuff that we're talking about here, you know, extorting a kid because they have naked pictures of them, that's already illegal. I mean, there's already it's already a crime against that. And yet somebody still did it. And then we want to hold the platform responsible for a crime committed by somebody. It's the same thing as holding it, blaming the gun. I mean, you know, murder's illegal, yet people still kill people with guns. But we, we've decided, I think correctly, I'm not going to blame this object. I'm going to blame the person. And so that's the, you know, that's the, the issue. I mean, these Republicans, I, I get it. There's a lot of their constituents who are Republican moms and dads who are very concerned about their kids. But just remember, on the other side of that, moms across America, also for the children, you know, how many more children is it going to take until we do something about the evil NRA? You know, how many more children is it going to take until we limit magazine capacity to 10, 10 bullets? You know, how many more dead children is it going to take until we... Um, you know, raise the age to buy a firearm at 25 or whatever their solutions are, you know, whatever their ideas are. It's always prefaced by how many more children are going to die, you know, until we take action. And just when Republicans start sounding like that, I just I just think it's hard to tell them apart, quite frankly. Uh, all right. Uh, other things to get to today. And thank you for that. Excellent calls. We are now at our call quota.
We don't have to take any more calls now for, I think, the rest of uh, February. Fantastic. We nailed it on the first day. Until the contest, at least. Well, until our contest comes up, the canoe, the canoe contest. So I think what we're revising it is if we'll do our keyword of the day, and then you'll win a chance to go on a canoe ride with me, dressed as George Washington, as we recreate the Christmas Eve crossing of the Delaware, where, of course, the, the army went on Christmas Eve night and killed a bunch of Hessians, because that's how America rolls. We'll go Christmas Eve. We'll go Christmas Eve and kill you. We'll come kill you on Christmas Eve. That's America, baby. And we may recreate that. I will dress like George Washington. And five lucky winners will get to join me on the canoe as we <laughs> recreate that Christmas Eve crowded. of 2024. What's that? I said that's a little crowded. Yeah. And it's it's not a round trip either. You have to get your <laughs> yourself home. So. Yeah, take care of that. And don't forget the generous food package you offered yesterday of one hot dog and one pretzel for everyone to share. Yeah, I got I got a note back that because of gluten intolerance, oh, oh. yeah, and also peanut allergies. I don't even know. We can't <laughs> can't do any of that. Oh, so darn. Yeah, but it's still going to be great, and it's not going to be woke. So you know, in fact, the whole the whole time we're going to we're going to chant, "Let's kill the Hessians," because I don't know if George Washington and the soldiers did that. They're probably trying to be quiet that night. I'm assuming, but we don't have to be quiet, so we can all yell like, "Come on, Hessians! It's Christmas Eve, and you're going to die because that we're America. That's how we roll, and it'll be fun." Actually, I really want to do this now. I don't know where I'm going to be for Christmas Eve, though. That's the only problem, and I don't want to do it. Crossing the Delaware. I just really, you know what I mean? I, oh, you I, I think admire. George Washington wanted to? Okay, fair. That's a fair point. You're you're calling me out, Henry. Rightfully so. I'm just saying. You're right. When else are you going to get those Hessians? You're right. He didn't want to cross the Delaware on a cold, frozen Christmas Eve night. He wanted to be in front of the fire with hot cocoa watching It's a Wonderful Life or Home Alone <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> At Mount Vernon. <laughs> yes, at Mount Vernon, correct. He wanted he wanted to go beat the bad the real bad guy, Uncle Frank. <laughs> uh, all right. So Pramila J Pal is a hideous human being. She really is a lunatic whack job member of the squad. And they had this this bill to deport illegals convicted of DWI. Remember, illegal, so you, you it's a crime. DWI. There are many countries around the world that take D, DWI far more serious than the United States of America does. Just for the record, but if you're here illegally and you are convicted of driving under the influence, the bill would say you're deported. Now, if I'm here illegally, that's going to be a big incentive for me not to drive drunk because i don't want to get deported right i mean isn't that like if i'm if i'm in this country illegally and i'm time went on with my buddies at the bar and i'm thinking to myself you know in addition to possibly i could kill somebody and kill myself i i don't want to get deported so maybe i'll uber at home tonight but instead of thinking about that because now we live in a day and age where people can call uber or lyft or whatever and and so I'm I'm in this country legally. I've been here 20 years because that's what happens. The sob story will come out. You know, this guy's been here 20 years. He's got kids and now you're going to deport him because he's here illegally and it's awful. And well, the, maybe the guy should sit there and think to himself, I've had too many to drink. I don't want to get deported. So I'm going to Uber home. But also maybe at some point the guy says I'm here illegally and I want to clear this up and figure this out and maybe try to 
make this legal. I mean, there's always that option, too. But anyway, Pramila J. Powell is more concerned, as usual, about the word choices that you use, the words. And this is what I mean about bullying. And this is why I got to be very careful here, because it's like I said, it's very easy. We all agree that somebody telling a girl who's 16 years old that she looks fat is bullying. And if that poor girl gets depressed and, you know, winds up taking her life, it's awful. And it's very easy to stand up and scream and say Facebook should have taken that down. But the problem is, number one, you can't monitor everything that's said at all times on the Internet. And number two, what if the person had said something else to that girl that led her to get depressed and take her own life? Like saying something to the effect of you're in this country illegally and you and your family should go back to Mexico. I mean, is that is that bullying or is that a political opinion? I, it de- literally, it depends on who you ask. There's no answer to it. It depends on who you ask. If a 16-year-old man, boy, a boy who's transitioning to be a woman uh is is told by one of his classmates dude you're not a woman you're a guy and then he gets depressed and kills himself is that bullying again it it just depends on who you ask and that's the problem i don't want to ask because i know the answer i know the answer of what the speech police are going to tell me and you know it too so now the whole platform gets sued and the and the kids in trouble and the parents are in trouble and why I, all i did was just say a scientific fact you're not a girl you're a guy. What, what, what did I do that's wrong? Well, you bullied, you bullied her. No, I didn't. I just said you're not a girl. She, he's not. See what I mean? It is a very, very, very dangerous game we're playing here with the speech police. But anyway, here's Pramila J. Powell on the House floor. Cut six. Are we really saying that we think the best use of our very limited federal government resources is to work on deporting a green card holder who decided to sleep in their car rather than drive home drunk from a bar? A green card holder not trying to drive drunk, just trying to stay warm? I certainly don't think that's a good use of our resources. It's certainly not a good use of our time on this floor. But my colleagues on the other side of the aisle have made it clear that they're not interested in sensible solutions, just in sensationalism. This bill is another example of that. And I hope my colleagues will stop referring to people as illegals. People are human beings. They have different statuses. Some are undocumented. If you want to say some are illegal, but let's not call human beings illegal. Tired of that language. I urge my colleagues to reject this bill and I yield back the balance of my time. It's like the sign you see on the lawn, right? No human is illegal. We believe in this home. No human is illegal. So that'll add that to the bullying, the bullying uh, glossary. Add that in too. I'm telling you right now, you know, I I have two daughters, so I'm acutely aware of 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 all the things that I've heard from parents about what their kids go through nowadays in this day and age when it comes to social media and the mean things that are said about kids. I'm I'm worried about it. And and people say to me all the time, it's going to change when you have kids. No, it's not going to change when I have kids because none of my views have changed. I've had kids now for nine years. My my son is nine. Patrick is is nine. Claire is seven. And Reagan is three. None of my views have changed. If anything, I want government more out of my life because I've seen the effects of what government has done during COVID to these kids. And half the reason we're even talking about a social media addiction is because the government forced these kids to have literally nothing to do all day but be on their friggin' phones and their devices. And I, and I know firsthand what government can do to make something better by forcing everybody to be in a mask, which causes further speech delays that my daughter's dealing with, for example. 
So yeah, you know, in my in my years of being a parent, I've come to the conclusion every time the government sticks its head in, it makes it worse. My son the other day started reciting some of the uh, climate change propaganda he's hearing in school already. So no, I don't I don't think, you know, for the good of the children and the good of the planet, I need government to educate my children about climate change. But you know, for the children, we got to teach them about climate change because otherwise, you know, they they're, they're going to burn up one day and sizzle and fry. Everything is for the children. Every leftist idea in the world is for the children. Everyone. Even Justin Trudeau's dad talked about for the children of Cuba all the time. Everything he did was for the children of Cuba. Uh Oh, where's the Censorati? What's he doing, Henry? What's he doing? Sorry, I'm chopping up audio. I assume you said something about uh, uh, Justin Trudeau. I just assumed the censor, the censorati would come in immediately. <laughs> all I said was Fidel Castro did a lot of things for the children of Cuba. It was all about the children. His whole Marxist revolution was for the children, like his son Justin. Okay, that that, that we disagree with. Uh, at the Rich Zioli Show, we believe Justin is the son of Pierre Trudeau. Allegedly, but everything Fidel Castro did was for the children. <laughs> I don't think we agree with that either. Legitimate or bastardized? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Now, let's see here. I got to play this for you, too. Um, Let's see. There was a uh, Zoom call about mental, a, me- a mental health proposition in California. And Gavin the Hair Newsom, the president in waiting, this guy is just waiting to get the call up from the bullpen. Am I right? I mean, he's waiting. He looks so good, doesn't he? He's so handsome. He's so handsome and so swarmy and just everything. I hate him. I do. I hate him. He's the kind of guy. I'll tell you what Gavin Newsom is. Gavin Newsom is the kind of guy you want to walk by and just punch him in the face for no re- uh, reason really i mean there's no i can't put my finger on it exactly but you agree with me you know i'm right if you saw him you'd be like Ugh, and just clock right everything about him he dresses so nice the hair is gl- flowing with all that oil he puts in it his his carbon footprint of his hair is like 28,000 pounds of co2 and he's and he's so all his answers he's so pompous and you know what i mean I, I do. I hate him. He's just exactly the kind of guy to hate. But anyway, he ratted out a, an employee at Target. And this was on the Zoom call. And thanks to Henry for finding this yesterday. Cut 10. Says, sir, uh, you dropped this. And he comes back, picks it up, and keeps walking out. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out. He's going to pay for that. I said, well, why are you stopping? She goes, oh, the governor. I swear to God, true story. And my mom's great. The governor lowered the threshold. There's no, there's no, there's no accountability. There's no, I said that's just not true. And she, I, she got, I said we have the tenth toughest, nine hundred fifty dollars, the tenth toughest in America. She doesn't even know what I was talking about. By the way, it's the tenth toughest in America. So look it up. No one gives a damn about right. that. And I said it's just not true. There's still stop. He said, well, we don't stop them because of the governor. And then she goes, she looks at me twice, and then she freaks out. She calls everyone over, wants to take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? How are you blaming the governor? And it was, you know, $380 later. And I was like, why am I spending $380? Everyone can walk the hell right out. Well, not fair. Not fair. Not mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. It's my target. She triggered me. Sorry. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go ahead and get, I get us started. I know that Mayor Gloria and Mayor Breed. 
So it sounds like the Gov thought he well, the mic wasn't rolling, but I think he knew it was rolling. He's a smart guy. You know what that, that you know what that is right there. In his audition to run for president, if they pull Biden out, um, he wants to show everybody he can he can go you know, he can play the centrist. He can play the centrist because he ratted out a Target employee once. That's what that's about, you know. <laughs> You're probably right because the organization that, like, quote unquote, leaked this audio is the San Francisco Standard, which I can't imagine is uh, is super conservative. No, and no. W- what was he talking about? Them being like the tenth toughest state. What does that mean? Well, that's his point. We're super tough on crime. Tenth oh, toughest. We're, yeah, we're the tenth toughest on crime. It was like Chuck Fletcher. So <laughs> What's that? It's like Chuck, Chuck Fletcher, the uh, the last general manager of the Flyers. He came out last year and he's like, you know, I think we're the fifth most improved team in the NHL. It's like, what does that even mean? Who cares? Well, Gavin Newsom wants everybody to know that that's what he's going to say on the debate stage. When, when, when Trump accuses him of California being a lawless hellhole, which it is, Gavin Newsom's going to turn around and go, we're the, t- we're the 10th toughest in the country. What are you talking about? That's literally what that was right there. That was leaked. He wanted it leaked. Ah, he wanted it leaked. He's not embarrassed by that. Gavin Newsom's hair wanted that out there. Telling you. 100%. Do you think Uh, the uh, hair is like in his brain? Like it talks to him? Like The hair makes the decisions. The hair makes the political decisions for him. Okay? It's not, it's the hair controls all. There's too much oil in there for anybody to just be able to think. It infects his brain. I, and I told you how they'll achieve this, by the way. I mean, this is the key point. Nobody else is saying this yet, but the, the way they'll do this, because I'm going to get into it. I have some thoughts on the fact that Biden is losing black voters big time. He's hemorrhaging black voters. And I'm going to get into that next. But uh, they hate Kamala Harris, too. So what you do is you have Justice Sonia Sotomayor resign from the Supreme Court because she hates it. And they tell her she's too old and you have to make sure you have to make sure that you can you can have a Democrat pick your successor. They put Kamala Harris on the court. They get rid of Biden. Newsom runs. That's the plan. It's either that or Michelle Obama at the convention. These are still the two things. And I think the Newsom scenario is probably more likely because they they don't want to risk something happening to Sotomayor and then Trump getting to appoint that seat because that's what led to the Dobbs decision being overturned. That's what led to Roe being overturned. I mean, in the Dobbs decision. So, you know, that's that's how I see this playing out. I'm not saying with 100% certainty it's going to. I just, I can definitely see that that's the way it could be. And that is the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A. He's a great, great guy. Uh, we talked about Shane Gillis earlier. You know, I, I, he got canceled from Saturday Night Live. His Trump impression's great. I'm glad he's going to be the new Bud Light Spokesmodel. I don't know if he can turn it around or not, but if anybody can, it's probably Shane Gillis. We got to get him on the show, and that's your going to be your job, Matt DeSantis. You got to get Shane Gillis on the show. Uh, I would love to get him on the show. I think he's well. Then get him on the show. And he's from. You didn't get Miss America on. I tried. I tried every which way to get Miss America on, even before she was officially Miss America. But I never got a response. You know, you are a bigger victim than Hunter Biden. I'm going to get into that too. Jonathan Turley's piece on Hunter Biden is amazing. But you're a bigger freaking victim than he is. You know that? <laughs> well, I, I, I miss on a guest here or there. I, I can't get them all. Who have you gotten? <laughs> We've had good guests all week. Please. <laughs>
You didn't get Tulsi. This is the only army got Tulsi Gabbard. I did get Tulsi. I've had, no, I've, no, you had literally. No. I mean, I mean, it's literally nothing to do with it. You are the tenth best booking <laughs> producer in uh, on the station. We don't even have ten producers. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> I, I've nabbed Tulsi for this show numerous times. Um. Did you you have more Shane Gillis for me? What is this from? This is from Trump dating. Did Dorenzo send this yeah, over? Yeah, Anthony Dorenzo uh, sent this to us. I, I watched it. I clipped as much of it as I possibly could. It's it's a little uh, it's a little filthy, but this thirty five seconds are clean. Trump speed dating. All right, it's take a very listen. Funny. Social media. They had to take it away. I was too good. In fact, go ahead, put it back up. Put it back up. People say, I've got bad makeup. Tana looks like someone painted her face like a clown. That's what we're going to call her. Tana, it the clown. She looks like him. She looks like she should be in a sewer. Bothering children. <laughs> very good. That's you very good. Utterly I, disgusting. I'm disgusting. I saw you walk in. I said, who's this? She, is this a pig? I didn't know they were letting pigs in. You're a dictator. <laughs> Old sage. What a loser. What a loser she was. That's <laughs> great. That's great. You know, he. Uh, that's from Gillian Keeves. That's his sketch show mm-hmm. uh, with John Keevers, another like Philly area guy. Uh, he made that like web page after he got kicked off SNL because he, you know, he needed to make skits somehow. And sure, they're all very successful. That's great. I mean, that's great. I love, I love that. I love that that story because honestly, he's probably more popular because he got kicked off Saturday Night Live. Like they did him a favor by canceling him. Yeah, I mean, for a long time he was going around as like the comic who got canceled before he even started. And the com- and and it's ridiculous what they canceled him for too. His comments were the jokes. I mean, this is it. And Saturday Night Live is supposed to be a comedy show, but Saturday Night Live is not funny anymore. And it, it, he would have not been used on that show he would have been wasted and so instead canceling him was the best thing because then he launches to your point henry this channel and he does very very well i mean his videos get millions of hits mm-hmm. millions so and bud light's smart to use him because i don't know if you've ever heard of uh protect our parks yeah it's with you know joe rogan ari shafir and uh mark normand they do a podcast every once in a while on joe rogan's show and Part of the reason I think Bud Light went to him is that Shane drinks a lot of Bud Lights throughout the uh, the entire recording of the podcast. Now, I have to say, as far as Trump impressions go, I still think that Sean Farage is better. I don't know. That Shane Gillis one is pretty funny. Yeah, the skit's funny, but Sean Farage, I mean, his, I've heard him on Kale show, and I mean, his Trump is pretty damn good. It's pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's pretty solid. He might. It might be. It might be better than Gillis. <laughs> I think Gillis is as good as it gets, personally. All right, let's do a side by side comparison tomorrow. We'll oh, put sounds it, good. And and any other Trump impressionados who are out there, I'll be with Joe Conklin tonight, the man of a thousand voices. He does a great Trump too. He's very funny. He too. does everybody. He, well, that's Joe's thing. I mean, Joe's thing is I do everybody. You know, I don't. I didn't mean <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> It's not. Do we have to dump that? I don't it's a family, family show. It's your mind's out of the gutter here, people. Please. Uh, I, I hate uh, everybody. I really do. I, I hate. No. Whoa! What a segue. Okay. <laughs> Very smooth. I, I just I, I I hate these people in uh, in the media who wind up just melting down everywhere. And I was going to play this clip, but I don't want to hear ABC, CBS meltdown over impeaching Mayorkas. Instead, I want to think about Terry Hatcher because they're real and they're spectacular. Terry Hatcher, 
Bond fame, but really Seinfeld, in my opinion. She was one of Jerry's uh, best girlfriends. They're real and they're spectacular. She said she's done with online dating. She went on a podcast called Getting... Getting Grilled with Curtis Stone. Everybody has a freaking podcast now. It's unbelievable. I don't know who that is. Who's Curtis Stone? Who is that? I think he's a chef. A chef? All right. I think so, yeah. Getting Grilled with Curtis Stone on the podcast, Terry Hatcher is looking to find a boyfriend. I didn't know that. I didn't realize she was single. I'm married, but but you two are not. Well, DeSantis, you're basically married, and you're also, you know, you're a wuss. But Henry, I mean, if I were you, (laughs) I'd, I'd go after Terry Hatcher. How old is she now? 59. She looks damn good, though. She oh, does yeah. look very good. I mean, she looks good. She looks great. Uh, this is what she said. Take a listen. How do you date? I find I it, don't like, date. I, I mean, I, it would... Do you because know everyone wants to go on a date with you. <laughs> anyone in the market is like, yes. So how people do you... People say that, and it's not true. It's that, just not on. true. I don't, I don't meet people. I, I, don't, I don't meet anyone. I'm going through, in my mind, well, all my single mates. If you come up with someone, up. you let me know. <laughs> For real? Yeah, for real. Is there an app that only lets... There is, but those guys only want to date 30-year-olds. So, I mean, there is that fancy app you're talking about. Right. Yeah. No, I've tried them all. <laughs> and, and I tried my latest one. I tried Hinge. You know, I thought, I'm, I'm going to say to the universe that I am, I am open and vulnerable and I'm putting myself out there. That's what I thought my gesture of joining the Hinge app would be. Yeah. Um, and then they kicked me off. What do you mean they kicked uh, you off? Well, they thought I was pretending to be Terry Hatcher. Now, we should, if, if there are any guys in the Zioli Army who are single, who would like a date with Terry Hatcher, we're going to do a contest where you're going to win a date <laughs> with Terry Hatcher. <laughs> that would right? be a great contest. Win a date with Terry Hatcher, and here's how it's going to be. I'm going to do a moonlight cruise <laughs> around Camden. I'm on my buddy Frank's boat. Candlelight dinner with Terry Hatcher. On the boat, if you get the keyword of the day right tomorrow on, on the show. <laughs> you can choose between a day with Terry Hatcher and a moonlit candlelit boat to Wharf Camden on my buddy Frank's dinghy or a canoe ride with me across the Delaware as we reenact Christmas Eve during the Revolutionary War when we go kill Hessians. All right, so you, you can pick two prizes, <laughs> keyword of the day. All right. Coming up, uh, Meet the Press is shocked when Pennsylvania women say, you know what? Uh, We're voting for Trump and we don't care about abortion. And wait until you hear what Hunter Biden is doing, playing, speaking of victims, the victim card in his latest court filing. It's unbelievable. So we got all that coming up. And again, brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. VenariaDental.com. We're coming right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. This piece by Jonathan Drilly in the New York Post is amazing. It's the best thing I've read all day today. I absolutely love it. You're going to love it, too. Uh, welcome back. Glad you're here. I'll be getting out of here shortly to head over to Parks Casino for Comedy Night. I hope you will uh, will be joining us. Hopefully, I'll get to see you there tonight. And then uh, our big event with Terry Hayes coming up next week, next Wednesday night. So Hunter Biden compares himself to a Romanoff, a migrant child, and a Greek tragedy and a delusional court filing. <laughs> it's really amazing here. This is something else. Hunter Biden is, com- is comparable to children in Japanese internment camps, to undocumented immigrants, to the murdered descendants of the czar. At least that's what he argues in a new court filing in his federal gun case, which presents Hunter as one of the most tragic figures since the fall of Troy. Literally. In a brief that borders on delusional, (laughs) Biden's lawyers say the son of the president who burned through millions from influence peddling is comparable to all those unfortunate and destitute souls. Well, the media has endlessly covered how Donald Trump arguments are over the top in issues such as immunity. There appears to be comparably little interest in the president's son's self-aggrandizing demand for dismissal of his criminal charges. One of the filing's main arguments is that Hunter Biden is being selectively prosecuted because of his father. Of course, Hunter profited massively from the Biden name, but now his lawyer, Abby Lowell, argues he's suffering from the burden of parentage. Oh, it's so hard, you see, to be the president's son. So hard to be Hunter. So hard to be a Biden. And all these enemies are targeting me. To back up this argument, Lowell cites Plyler v. Doe. Plyler v. Doe, a case involving the providing of free education to the children of illegal immigrants to say that the Constitution prevents the government from inflicting harm on children for the conduct of their parents. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Hunter lies on this gun form because he's a drug addict, uh, breaks federal law, a law that Joe Biden supported, by the way. Joe Biden supported this law big time. And then he, Hunter Biden, they were going to give him this amazing diversion agreement. Now he's facing actual federal prison because he's such a dope and his lawyers are idiots too that the diversion agreement, which also would have buried all the financial crimes, blew up. Remember, I told you, it's not a sweetheart deal. Don't call it a sweetheart deal. It was a cover up of the crimes of the president of the United States of America. But anyway, um, (laughs) Hunter ignores all that and says, it's just because my dad is president and this is unconstitutional. Because you can't go after me because of the crimes of my dad. That's right. Joe Biden is like an undocumented migrant father who carried his kid over the border for a better life. One can only imagine, Turley writes, the press response to any comparison of the Trump children to migrant children. Hunter also cites cases involving children born out of wedlock in need of court protection. 
The argument is particularly ironic since Hunter Biden fought to prevent his, do- his daughter, Navy Joan, from using his last name. <laughs> that was rich. You remember the whole thing with the stockings? Hung by the chimney with care? Except for Navy Joan. She was not there with the Biden grandchildren. And when asked about it, they didn't answer. They just eventually moved all the stockings to Camp David and said, don't worry about it. Perhaps the most insulting analogy is the treatment of Japanese children in internment camps by the hero of the left, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Hunter quotes the dissent in the infamous Korematsu v. United States in describing how the government in that case was attempting to make an otherwise innocent act a crime merely because this prisoner is the son of parents as to whom he had no choice and belongs to a race from which there is no way to resign. It's not exactly the image that comes to mind in photos of Hunter in high-priced hotels surrounded by hookers and a smorgasbord of narcotics. Now, that smorgasbord of narcotics, though, especially is fun when you do the drugs off the stripper's back side. Just saying. But the filing, it's even weirder. Hunter tells the court that it's precisely great privilege that makes children like him the target of animus for that very reason. History is replete with children of political figures being abducted and literally assassinated. And he cites the murder of the Romanov children by Russian revolutionaries, or even figuratively in literature, um, the murdering, um, Odessus murdering the son of Crown Prince Hector when sacking Troy. There seems to be no victim in history who is not a precursor to Hunter Biden. At one point, they suggest that prosecuting Hunter for a gun charge is similar to Joe McCarthy forcing a senator to retire by threatening to reveal that his son was homosexual. Of course, that analogy admits that Hunter wrote a book about his conduct and that the gun charge is literally the law that his dad pushed for and wanted strict enforcement of because like all Democrats, they want to take away people's guns. Nevertheless, this twisted historical reference allowed counsel to remind the court that Ray Cohn worked for Joe McCarthy and later for Donald Trump. Of course, Robert Kennedy also worked for Joe McCarthy, but the Cohn connection was somehow relevant to Hunter lying on a gun form. Dizzy wrote Ray Cohn worked for Joe McCarthy. Therefore, this is obviously selective prosecution of Hunter Biden because of what Joe McCarthy did and because of what Trump wants to do to the Bidens and something, I guess, something. Moreover, it is hard to see the selective prosecution in a case that resulted from a sweetheart deal collapsing in open court after a prosecutor admitted that he had never seen such a generous deal. Jonathan, I've told you, don't call it a sweetheart deal, buddy. As his father once said, no one F's with a Biden. Whistleblowers have testified that Hunter avoided prosecution for years precisely because he was a Biden. So the motion is worth reading for its unrivaled chutzpah. Hunter even cites to Article 3, Section 3 in claiming that he is being punished for his father's position. He suggests that the framers would have been appalled after they sought to prohibit the common law corruption of blood penalty that would destroy inheritance rights of children based on their parents' crimes. Of course, the only corruption of the blood evident in the broader scandal is the corruption of influence peddlings by the Biden family for years. For the moment, it is the crimes of the son, not the father, that demand answers in federal court. It's a great piece. I love it. Fantastic. Well done. Uh, 
Thanks, Ed, for sending that my way. I appreciate it. But, but, you know, the thing about Hunter Biden, though, of course, is he is the ultimate victim. He really is. He's the ultimate victim. And I got to admire the guy, too, because he has no problem playing the victim card. None whatsoever. Biden's got a black voter problem. We've talked a lot about this on the show. I played you clips of various black voters who've come out and said, you know what? I'm standing with Biden. Snoop. Snoop's got a Trump tat now on his leg. Oh, yeah. Snoop is in the Trump. He's on the MAGA train now, baby. Snoop is the conductor of the Trump train lately. Well, President Biden appears to be in serious trouble with black voters ahead of the 2024 election and a black and black lawmakers and organizers are starting to panic. Quote, what I'm hearing in my district is how Bidenomics hasn't really hit them in the pocket. Said New York Representative Jamal Bowman, the idiot who pulled the fire alarm. I need him in the barbershops. I need him on the basketball courts. I need him talking to the hip hop community. I need him talking to the sports and athletics community to really get at what is troubling black men. Polling suggests Bowman is right to be concerned. Just 50% of black adults said they approve of Biden in a national AP NORC poll last month. That's a 36-point drop from July of 2021. An October Siena College New York Times poll found that 22% of black voters surveyed in six competitive presidential battlegrounds say they will vote for Trump over Biden in 2024, that is a stunning political shift from a reliably Democratic coalition that helped Biden win. That same survey found Trump's numbers were even higher among black men. In the 40 years he spent in political activism, National Black Farmers Association President John Boyd Jr. says the Biden administration has done worse than any other administration in his lifetime in opening its doors to black voters. That lack of outreach, Boyd warns, may come back to bite him in November. I'm at the head of this movement here and there hasn't been a meeting and I've been requesting a meeting for two years. His organization has 130,000 members. In fact, the last time I spoke to him, the president was the one who said we were going to meet to see what he can do. And then crickets. Earlier this month, the White House got a wake-up call from former House Whip Jim Clyburn, a black Democrat from South Carolina, who was widely credited with saving Joe Biden's campaign in 2020. I'm very concerned, Clyburn said. I'm very concerned about black voters showing up at the polls for Biden in 2024. Well, listen, guy, you should be. You know, the only reason why I still think the Michelle Obama controversy, I know, Susie, I know, uh, has legs is because that would help them with black voters, presumably, unless people say, nah, I don't believe that. I think Trump is still better for me. But it also shows you something, too. When the media told, when the corporate media told black people in 2016 Trump was going to put them back in chains and lock them up in internment camps and everything else, they didn't believe it then, they didn't believe it in 2020, and they don't believe it now. So all the fear-mongering, all the fear-mongering, everything else that's going on, with black voters has not worked. Mm-hmm. They care about the economy. Like everybody else. White, black, brown, green, purple, whatever. It isn't just the polling that troubles Democrats. For example, turnout data compiled by the Wall Street Journal show vote totals fell in black and Hispanic majority precincts in Philadelphia during the 2022 midterms as compared with the previous cycles. That's a major warning sign in one of the most competitive battleground states, which Biden narrowly carried in 2020. And don't forget something. He only carried that 
Pennsylvania because our Supreme Court, I mean, all the cheating and the dead people voting and everything, what we do know definitively is that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court came in and said, mail-in ballots, sure, send them whatever. Postmarked, not postmarked, signed, not signed. We'll count them. Don't worry about it. And that's what happened. But that's not going to happen in 2024. And Republicans are smart to be on the mail-in ballot game. And Trump did better in 2020 with black voters than he did in 2016. In fact, he did better than any Republican ever in 2020. And what do you think? Black voters in Philadelphia are happy with the Democrats, happy with what's going on, happy with open borders, happy with the crime? No, of course not. People always say, why do they keep voting Democrat in cities? Well, it's a complicated question, but it really has a lot to come down to the organization. But that doesn't mean they're going to vote Democrat in the presidential race. Just remember that. As Vice President Kamala Harris continues to spearhead the campaign's abortion rights messaging and outreach to the historically black colleges and universities, she and Biden will both continue to prioritize campaigning in South Carolina. And in another sign that the administration is waking up to its struggles with black voters, the Biden administration announced earlier this week it's hiring a a former Chuck Schumer staffer to lead the campaign's black media operations. Down-ballot Democrats are feeling the heat, too. Earlier this month, House Democrats campaigned. Uh, they, they pledged to spend $35 million to target minority voters who have started shifting towards Republicans in recent cycles. New polling conducted in January by the Pew Research Center suggests Americans are starting to feel slightly more optimistic about the state of the economy. Oh, please. I don't believe that for a second. However, black and Hispanic voters, not as much. Now, if you're a white professor at a college... Well, you might feel great about the economy. David Axelrod, former advisor to President Barack Obama, said, Objectively, Biden has things that I'm sure he feels he deserves credit for. But the reality is you don't always get credit in the time frame that you want. And particularly when it's dealing with the economy. Public sentiment often lags the statistics. Translation, Biden's done. It doesn't matter how good of a job he thinks he did. It's irrelevant. He's done. And David Axelrod is right. He's done. Now, of course, Kamala Harris came out recently and said, you know what the problem is? We just haven't taken credit. We haven't taken adequate credit for some of our amazing legislative accomplishments. That's what it is. All our amazing legislative accomplishments. Do you you think that's what it is? They're just not running down and claiming enough credit? Huh? Is that it? Now, this clip... This clip is great. Sorry, I had to, I just had to grab a drink. My throat is dry. I must be nervous because I'm going to Parks Casino tonight. So um, these uh, these voters, right? Black voters, and CNN even has to acknowledge this now. See, when you know when CNN has to acknowledge something, you really know the pulse of the country, do, don't you? I mean, when, when CNN has to actually talk about something, I love it. It means there's no denying it. They can't deny it. They can try to deny it, but they can't deny it. That's the best. That's the best. Always the best, isn't it? So this is now uh, CNN. They they had a um, they, faith leaders telling them that Biden is losing support. Biden is losing support. These are these are African American black faith leaders, and they're coming out and they're saying Biden is losing support over the Israel Hamas war. Israel Hamas war. And a black faith leader told Poppy Harlow that her support for President Joe Biden is teetering on the edge over his failure to bring about a ceasefire in the Gaza Strip on CNN this morning Thursday. But you know what? I think it's I think it's not just that. I think it's everything. I think it's the economy. I think it's it, it, it is. Yeah. You know what? 
No question about it. People don't want to see more war. They're worried about Biden's handling of things. Many of them are very much worried about their kids being called up to serve in war. And despite Lloyd Austin saying the black community was very, very worried about him, very concerned, I think the truth of the matter is that America thought the whole thing was an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster for Joe Biden. And uh, it looks so bad for this administration. This administration just continues to bl- blunder everything. And this fire has oh, cost the, the president your vote, potentially. Thank you so much, Poppy, for having me Poppy. on this morning. Um, so far, I'm holding out hope that the president will change his position and be stronger in his call for a ceasefire. And that's what we are hoping. Um, he's not- you know, I got a question for you. Now do Ukraine. Now do Ukraine. Is Ukraine going to call for a ceasefire in Ukraine? I'm asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. All right. I'd, I just I'd like to know. I'm just curious. Call me curious. I'm a very curious guy. I'm, what can I say? I'm a curious cat like that. I'm a curious cat like that, and I just like to know. That's all. Are you going to call for a ceasefire in Ukraine or not? Very simple question. Of course, the answer to that is no, uh, because a lot of these people hate Israel. That's the bottom line. They really do. They hate Israel. And you and I both know that when the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, comes out and says, we need deportations of criminal migrants, they're doing violent acts. He's speaking for a lot of people here when he says this. Eric and he's Adams saying, joining us live right now. Thanks so much. It's, you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll play it later. But it's just Eric Adams comes out and says, we have to get rid of these, uh, these, these criminal migrants. Dude, I got news for you. They're all criminal migrants. They're all criminals because that's what they're not migrants. They're illegal aliens. They're illegal immigrants. That's they're illegal. Yes, I know that the other whack job said no person is illegal. But guess what? These people are illegal. All right, take a listen. I've been saying this over and over again. The national government must do its job. Uh, This is not a responsibility that should be placed in the lap of all of these big cities. We're seeing what's taking place in Chicago and Denver and Boston. All across our country, big cities are having to do the national government job. And those migrants who are here because they want to be part of the American dream, that's uh, we say yes to that. But those who are breaking our laws, uh, we need to reexamine the law that don't allow us uh, to deport them um, because they're doing violent acts. We cannot create an atmosphere where you're going to bring violence in our city. But the overwhelming number of migrants and asylum seekers are waiting to have work authorization or their determination, and we need to be clear on that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, so that we need to be clear on that. I, I got it. Got it. We need to be clear on that. Stop saying they're illegal, okay? They're not illegal. No person is illegal. Yeah, what you, you know, black voters see this, too. They see this law and order that the Democrat Party is embracing. They see this and they turn around. And they go, you know what? Actually, I think that people are illegal. I think people are criminals. And I think that we have to recognize the fact that they're criminals. And we got to call it out that way because we're tired of the law and order of the law and disorder. We're tired of it. And then, you know, to turn around and say, and this is why the squad is nuts. This is why these squaddies are absolutely insane. The squad people, um, they are nuts. And I'll give you a great example of this, right? A great example of this. Let's see. uh, Do you have that? I'll give you a second. So they, they, um, 
Oh yeah. Oh, the, the Pennsylvania voters. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, that's true too. You know what? Let's do that. There was a group of Pennsylvania voters. This is actually very good. I'll do that. I, I played the squad lunatic earlier today. Pennsylvania voters today would take Trump over Biden. Abortion is not that important. Means nothing in the grand scheme of everything. I've told you that I have not heard this as an issue from any of my wife's girlfriends. Any. This is a, a manufactured issue. Ever since the Dobbs decision, ever since Roe was overturned, there's actually been more abortions. So this is a group of Pennsylvania voters. Now there's voters. another warning sign for Democrats today from our new series, this is meet the Deciders press. Focus Groups. Meet we the are press. collaborating with Engages, Syracuse University and Sago to highlight and hear from key slices of the 2024 electorate. Our first conversations featured 15 Pennsylvania women who voted for Trump in 2020, but who opposed the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Democrats are hoping these types of voters could swing close elections. But if last night was any indication they are still overwhelmingly standing by Trump. Take a listen to some of what they said. By a show of fingers, who would say former President Trump is at least partially responsible for Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court? One person. Nope. Nobody. Nobody raises their hands. Okay. So none of you would say that he's at least partially responsible for one it. woman says Maybe kind just of a little, little bit. just a I little think bit. They have their own right to choose what they want to do with their bodies. But I mean, it's not a number one factor on who I'm going to vote for either way. It's not that important. I hate to say it, but it's overall, it's probably not going to determine who I vote for. It's uh, not on my top three reasons to vote for somebody. It means nothing in the grand scheme of everything to me. I'm going to vote who for who I think is going to do the best for my family. Okay. And abortion is not part of that consideration. At this point, no. Who would take Trump? So I've got basically everybody except Michelle. For a moment, let's imagine that the election is tomorrow. By a show of fingers, how many of you would take Trump. One, two, three, six four, of the seven. Six of the seven. Just fascinating. But there is a fascinating. Meet the press. Fascinating. Pennsylvania. I told you abortion was not the issue that people tell you it is. I told you. It's the economy, stupid. All right, let me turn it over to my buddy Michael Pelka, stunt brain himself, as I head over to Parks Casino. Hope to see you there. I want to thank my buddy Dr. Mike Venaria for being a great friend of the show and my dentist, the master of dental implants. He's the guy to go see. Dr. Mike is the best, and he'll give you the smile of your dreams. You deserve a great smile. Go see Dr. Mike Venaria today. With two locations to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, right over the bridge dr mike is ready to give you the care and comfort that you deserve he's a great guy his staff is great wonderful music playing and when it comes to complicated dental industry complicated dental implants excuse me there is no one better than dr mike venaria so give him a call today you'll love the level of care my entire family goes to see him bridget just had an appointment with him a couple days ago as a matter of fact so what are you waiting for? You deserve a beautiful smile. And when it comes to complicated dental work, there is simply no one like Dr. Mike. Dr. Mike Venaria, my buddy, my friend, and the master of dental implants, complicated dentistry. That's his practice. That's his specialty. And he'll take care of you for all your needs. VenariaDental.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 